Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. On today's episode, I am so excited to bring you today's interview guest. And my guest today is Raymond Scholl-Seth. Raymond has had the privilege of founding over 45 companies with 40 failures, five successful eight-figure businesses, two public exits. He has 30 years in real estate investing. The majority of these companies were founded through real estate while not being in the in the industry related at all. He is also the host of the Agent Podcast, which caters to real estate professionals. And he also hosts the Chicago Podcast, which caters to his local community. I'm so thankful he is here. He has a ton going on. Him and his wife operate a husband and wife team in Chicagoland, and they also have five kids and three dogs. So he has a ton going on. So I am so thankful that he was willing to take some time with us today. Raymond, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me, man. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And we connected. uh, We haven't met in person, but over social media and some of these real estate groups, you had me on your show and it was a blast. And we said, we got to do this, have you on my show. So let's just jump into it. You have a ton going on. Tell us more about like what you're doing in Chicagoland with your business. Yeah. So like a lot of people, COVID kind of forced me to pivot, make some adjustments and changes to my life. And, um, you know, it's been two years of kind of figuring it out. And you touched on one thing. I've been in real estate a long time, but only as an investor. I've had a ton of different properties over 30 years in seven different states, single family homes, multifamily, mixed use, like commercial. And I never really thought about being on kind of the front end of real estate, you know, like always used agents over having a lot of properties. I've always had to go through a lot of agents to get some good ones. And like kind of figure it out, you know, who's got my back and who knows what they're doing and who has resources and who has a network. But I never thought about being on the front end. And when COVID hit and 2020 and 2021 was crazy for my wife and I Mm -hmm. and our five kids and two of our kids have special needs. So when we lost those services for months and we're homeschooling everybody, it was insane. At the same time, I had also launched a new product to hit the market in March of 2020. And the contract that I had in hand for that product went away when the stock market took a hit. Yeah. So long story short, what has transpired is I was coaching agents through a coaching program that I developed and Mm -hmm. that led to having amazing conversations with people, which turned into the agent podcast that I operate now. Mm -hmm. And that's made a huge impact both on me and agents, which I'm very grateful for. But that really expanded my network and my Mm -hmm. sphere of influence. And I met some amazing people. 
And the conversations kept coming up about, you know, dude, you need to be on the front end of, well, you know, this thing called real estate. Right. So my wife and I talked about it and it just made a lot more sense compared to what we were currently doing as we were pivoting. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I didn't really want to be in the product development business anymore. So from that, that really started the beginning of this year when we passed our exams and we put a team together. We joined a EXP organization where I could lend a hand with my coaching skills and expand my podcast and teach other agents how to podcast and build their local communities. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like we're figuring it out. You know, I don't have all the answers, but... I have amazing support around me that can help me build a roadmap that works for what we need for our family. And that's the cool thing about real estate, right? It sure is. You can build whatever you want around your family. Yeah. So, and I, I often say this and you know, whenever a guest comes on, I say, this is just a conversation. And that's why I love this because it's something you just said. So you're talking about flexing in 2020 and 2021. You're talking about now kind of being on the front end. How has all the success, all the failure, you know, with the 45 companies, the, you know, five successful eight figure businesses, how has all that helped you on the front end to coach and train and, you know, kind of help other realtors as well and clients? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I was at a friend's birthday party on Friday night with them and these particular people. She happens to be a real estate agent here in Chicago too. She's one Mm -hmm. of my best friends, one of the first people I met when I moved here 10 years ago. And I bought and sold a ton of different houses with her since I've been there, both as I occupied and invested. But her sister said, you know, Ray, I'm always so impressed with like your tenacity and you being able to pivot and figure it out. And I appreciate that about you. And like those words, they mean so much to me. They mean so much to me because most people will stay down when they get knocked down. Yeah. They won't get back up. And I think that's what I attribute the most to is the ability just to begin again. And I started practicing meditation about three years ago and I was not into it at all. I'm like, you know, this is BS. This is a waste of my time. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. But the thing that I've really pulled from it, especially after the last, you know, two, two and a half years is the ability to begin again, which is all it is. I take that and I apply it. Sometimes I have to begin again every day. Sometimes I have to begin again every hour, (laughs) sometimes multiple times within an hour. If something's not working or I'm not feeling it or I'm frustrated or I just plain don't want to do something and I have to adjust my course, right? And like, that's the cool thing about being a business owner is you have the privilege to do that. Yeah. That is so, I mean, it's so funny and and you're right because as realtors, right, we could have an awful experience with a client. Like I've, right now I have eight and a couple settled within the last couple of weeks. I had eight deals at once. And two years ago, my first full-time year, I did 10 the whole year. So sort of like I was juggling what I did two years ago in a whole year in a period of 30 days. And if we're not careful, we can get so frustrated, right? If I have eight deals and I get so frustrated with one conversation, well, but you still, I still have to keep like those other seven deals, like on the tracks moving forward that day and not let it get me down. So that is huge, a huge takeaway of, Hey, begin again might mean, all right, I'm going to hang up. I dealt with that conversation. This deal's blowing up because of the inspection or the appraisal or whatever, but I have to, okay, it's, 
two o'clock, three o'clock, I have to handle this next thing for this next client because, you know, you don't want seven other deals to blow apart because you're not doing your job. Well, and look at where we're at right now, right? Interest yeah. rates are going back up. Houses are sitting on the market longer. But if you're a buyer and interest rates go up one point, that is enough to crush your debt to income ratio that yeah. your buying power, you just lost 50, 60, $70,000. Yep. So you can no longer get the house that you want in the neighborhood you want unless magic money is either gifted to you or there's another way you know, to leverage whatever your personal assets are. That's so interesting that you say that because it's so funny when people are like, I'm waiting for the market to die down. I'm waiting. And I'm like, you really don't want that as a buyer. You really don't. No, I, I think it, you know, the whole thing about real estate is it is a long game. Yeah. And it also is a people and partner business. So, you know, whatever that Chinese proverb is, when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's the second best time now? It's the same for real estate. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter when you buy. I bought a house in California in 2005, top of the market before the crash, mm -hmm. right? I paid 700 grand for this house. It was four bedrooms, two and a half baths, like 2,500 square feet on not even quarter of an acre and, you know, zero lot line homes. And I remember like, oh my God, this is crazy. And I just held it and held it and held it. That same house today is worth over a million bucks. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's crazy. Like mm -hmm. there's no basement in that house. There's not a big backyard. You know, it's a very small gated community with like 49 homes in it. But if you wait, it'll come. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Again, all these companies, successful companies, some failures. How have you, maybe it goes back to, you know, what you said a few minutes ago, but through the failures, how have you been able to kind of like compartmentalize it and not let it ruin everything else that you're doing when, you know, you make a mistake or something doesn't go the way you were hoping it went. Yeah. So some of that depends on the day. That's the truth, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I had more of an adverse upbringing. So to some degree I was used to compartmentalizing things and dealing with them and storing them right. Or, and dealing with them later. So it's not easy it's challenging. You know, I'm not special. I have problems and challenges and have bad days and good days. And I have to make a decision to work hard every single day on what experience I want to have in life. Right. And I think it was Edison that said, you have two choices to experience life, right? You can live in a friendly universe or you can live in a hostile universe. And I want to choose to live in a friendly universe. And often that works against me, because there's other hostile people in my universe that yeah. think I'm not in reality or I'm not paying attention to what's going on. Mm -hmm. But we all experience our own paradigm and we can make those choices. So if I choose to be optimistic, not ignorant, not naive, but optimistic and focus forward, the chances of me having success are going to be much greater than being pissed off in a bad mood or sticking my head in the sand. Yeah, interesting. So wife, right? Five kids, three dogs, a couple kids with special needs, like in the day to day, like how do you and your wife balance successful businesses, successful real estate endeavors with, you know, everything going on at home? Like what, what does that process look like for you guys? Well, I think when everything's successful and you know, that can be subjective, but when everything is successful and cash is flowing, things are easier. Yep. Right. When things are going the right way, but cash is not flowing, 
and you're adjusting or adapting or recovering from a pandemic or whatever's going on, that's when the challenge comes, right? So again, I'll attribute it back to attitude. Your, your attitude is nothing but your thoughts, feelings, and actions, right? So if you have bad thoughts, thus bad feelings, and make bad choices or have bad actions, it's not going to go your way. You're going to be in a bad place and you're going to be struggling and fighting yourself all the time. So the question becomes is how can you maintain a positive attitude? <laughs> how can you focus forward? How can you not deal with what is and try to focus on what's actually coming or what you're creating? And for me, that's something that I have put a lot of effort into, especially the last few years, is to be much more of a deliberate creator in what I'm trying to do. Right. So my goals prior to COVID and my goals now look very, very different. Mm -hmm. You know, I have financial goals. I have personal goals. I have fitness goals. I have health goals. I have kid goals. I have wife goals, but they all equal one thing for me. And this one goal that I have is what I reverse engineered on how I want to get there. And that's, I want complete time freedom. <laughs> Love right? it. Yep. So what does that mean? That means that I can go to lunch with my wife and my 16 year old if she's out of school and home at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Yep. That means I can pick my kids up from school at two o'clock and go to the park from two to five, mm -hmm. come home, have dinner, take baths, whatever. That doesn't happen every day, Sure, but it happens on a regular basis. And I see my kids way more than most people, right? I choose that. Because yeah. my nine to five is constructed by me. Yeah, I love all of that. And it's so interesting because so many, I feel like so many realtors out there. I mean, I, I remember my first year being like, okay, like trying to survive. Then the second year, so 2021, tripled my real estate business. It was now like, oh, well, now we paid off our debt. We'll pay off our house. And that's a whole, you know, whether we should or shouldn't or should. Anyway, that's that's a whole nother separate discussion. But yeah, it's very yeah, interesting. Sure. It to me never has come back to I want to make X number of dollars. I always want to be growing and learning. And I want more time with my kids and my wife. And like we just, you know, we spent May. I, I spent time at a podcast conference. I spent three days alone with my wife. We went on vacation for a week. So we also know you know, balance means, okay, well, I can't be away for 15 days every month, but when I can, yeah, we're going to live that up and enjoy that and cherish those memories, you know, as our kids are, you know, basically about to be three and one and a half, like, well, that time doesn't come back. I'm motivated by money in that I want to make enough money that we're paying our bills, giving, serving, et cetera. But besides that, I, I'm not motivated. Like, I don't need the biggest house in the neighborhood. And what's it worth? You know, I, I used to work at Chick-fil-A and, and there was a kid. His mom commuted three and a half hours every day to New York City so that they could afford a big house. And I'm like, for what? For what? How, how have you I mean, did you just always have that? The goal is rather to have that time freedom rather than money, because it's very hard in real estate to not look at everybody around you and be like, oh, I want to be like the Joneses. You know, the thing is, I've made a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money. I've made a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money. I've leveraged real estate portfolios to build companies only to lose them all because wrong product, wrong audience. I made a mistake, whatever it is. Like, I'm definitely the person who builds the plane after I jump off the bridge. 
<laughs> and that's both a blessing and a curse. You know, in one right. sense, it's made me fearless and tenacious. On another sense, it's also been a big risk, mm -hmm. you know, but because of that risk, I have a lot of clarity on what I don't want. And the whole thing about contrast that most people don't understand is that without contrast, without knowing what you don't want, you're never going to know what you want. So hmm. for me, having those losses and recovering from them and knowing that, hey, if I fall, I'm going to be okay. And as long as I wake up every morning and, you know, God gives me breath, I have another chance at rebuilding something or building mm -hmm. something different. That's the opportunity. And it took me about three years to really figure out what one goal I want. Because at one time it was, oh, I want X amount of dollars per month. I want to live here. I want this vacation home. I want to own so-and-so properties. Mm -hmm. And some of those goals still exist, but my number one goal, complete time freedom. Then the question becomes, okay, what do I need to have complete time freedom? Well, yep. I need cash flow. Okay, how do I want cash flow? I want cash flow through multiple streams of revenue. Okay, what does that look like? Well, for me, mm -hmm. it's selling real estate. It's right. owning real estate. It's having my podcast and having an opportunity to figure out how to monetize that podcast so that I can do more podcasting to make an impact and connect with more people. Yeah. No. I love what you're saying too. I've learned what I don't want because I feel like that's really where we all should start in whatever business or, or you know, podcast, real estate, whatever we're doing. I've learned what I don't want. And I, that's a huge lesson for all of us, because if you start there with what you don't want, okay, well, then that tells me what not to do. And then how do I cater it to avoid, you know, working 24 seven, you know, businesses failing, this kind of thing it's sort of like starting with the end in mind. And if you can start with the end in mind thinking, okay, what I do and do not want, right? Okay. Well then how do I structure my life and business to get there? Yeah. And that's, and that's really what it is. It's if you begin with the end in mind, mm -hmm. and you can reverse engineer what you would like to do to get there. Like for me, for real estate, like real estate was hitting me in the face for years, but never on the front end of it always on the back end. Right. I never really thought about making that change or doing that full time. I just wanted to own properties and invest in properties. And that was another income stream because I always design engineered and created products. Mm -hmm. And that was the big change for me is when I realized I don't want to do that anymore for a whole bunch of different reasons, mm -hmm. COVID supply chain, cost of goods, manufacturing, you know, what are we doing in the US? What are we not doing in the US? All these different things. That's when it became very, very clear that, you know what? Like I am supposed to be creating a different path right now. So now I have to go and figure out what that looks like. And like anything else, it's a decision. Yeah. But most people aren't making decisions. They're just going with the flow and they're not consciously making choices. And mm. when you can take that power back, and you realize that your life is nothing but a series of choices that you have to choose and you make a decision, your life will start to change in the direction you want it to once you take ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so key. And, and knowing what you don't want, knowing what you do. I love what you're saying because so many, you know, I've, I've been reading a lot recently about the great resignation, right? Like all these people leaving their W-2 jobs and I 
I'm a I'm a hater of W two jobs, but it's it's just so so funny because people are finally I feel like COVID, you know, all the bad things that happen, people getting sick, and like I feel like people really woke up and are waking up to okay. I don't want to do this. And that's why it's hard to find good employees because a lot of the good employees are realizing, why am I working for you for 50 or 60 thousand dollars when I could build it myself and do it myself and have that time freedom, create that six figure income. And again, not about dollars, but about and have time with my kids, have time with my wife, have like you're saying, the freedom to go to lunch with my, you know, my kids and my wife. Yeah. So. Thank you so much. All of this is super helpful. And I, I know people are going to love it. As you kind of think back, you go back to whether it's maybe it's even, you know, the past couple of years being on the front end of real estate, you know, through real estate sales, um, or maybe it's a, you know, one of the failed or great, you know, successful business ventures or companies you're sitting with yourself. So go back, tell us what that time would be and tell us, you know, one piece of advice that you would give yourself at that time. I'll go back to November of 2007. Okay. I was recruited to join a associate of mine as a consultant at a company. And this company had taken something like $13 million from investors and was doing 35,000 a year in revenue. They had a patented product that they got on QVC. Mm -hmm. They had an 80% return rate on the product. And there were some other things going on there, I think. Mm-hmm. So we had been there, my partner, who later became my partner and I, we were there 18 months. In 18 months, we went from about zero to 18 million. We got the shareholders whole, the company profitable, but we learned some things about the other partner that was there. And he wasn't really happy that we learned these things about him. So he asked us to leave. So we left. And at that time we had like three things going on. We had this thing going on. We had started a cabinetry company where we were flat packing cabinets from Asia, doing the assembly and installation here. And we were only catering to real estate investment trusts. So all we were doing was multifamily bathrooms and kitchens. Mm -hmm. So my wife at the time was working at my cabinet company. We had a very small office attached to a, I don't know, like a seven or 8,000 square foot warehouse. And we walked in one afternoon. She's like, oh, hey, what are you guys doing here? So we told her the story about what was happening and why we left. And in leaving, we cut off all of our income streams. Mm. We had no more income at all. Like we had a little bit of cash in the bank. We had two other businesses that, you know, were kind of, we were trying to figure out. One of them, we knew 2007, eight, nine, there was a transition taking place. We just didn't know the impact of it. Yeah. But we ended up closing the cabinet company, uh, got out of that consulting deal. And now we had this warehouse that was empty. So I had to make a decision on what we were going to do. And we had like a five-year lease left on it. Mm -hmm. And we had this one office and um, my wife and I at the time, we just got married and, you know, we were working on having a baby and all that kind of good stuff. And mm -hmm. it was a dark time because the, the overhead was so high for my partner and I. Yeah. He needed three times what I did. He mm -hmm. had three kids at that time, all in private school, a wife, all that kind of good stuff. But I remember sitting in this warehouse with him 
and my wife at the time was in another part of the warehouse in an office. And we were just like looking at each other, like, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. And what is this going to look like? And I was just on my laptop on Google and I started Googling like fulfillment or something. I started looking at logistics and I realized that I needed to take this warehouse and turn it into a fulfillment company. And then I found this website called VendorSeek and I have no idea if they're still in business today, but it was basically a pay per lead system. And you go in, you fill out what you're offering and then you get leads and you made like 35 bucks a lead. So I turned it on within three days. I brought in our first client to this new fulfillment company that I created overnight. That was 15 grand a month in, Interesting. Reoccurring, in reoccurring revenue. And for me, there, there was two sides to that story. One was my partner was literally having a nervous breakdown because he needed like 30, 35 grand a month to pay his bills at the time. Mm -hmm. And I needed a third of that, but cumulatively and with taxes and you know, life, it's a lot of money to come mm -hmm. up with overnight. Mm -hmm. But as that started to build and as I started to rebuild from again, kind of losing everything almost, I just realized that I got this and whatever, whatever this is, I can get. And going back to one of the things that we talked about before we started recording was if you are an agent, new seasoned, been in the business 30 years, but only do four transactions a year, I don't care. Once you decide that you're going to do this, your life will change. And <laughs> that's where I see a lot of agents struggle. I see a lot of agents struggle because they haven't made the decision that they're going to be a real estate agent. Just because you go to school and you get your license and you're at a brokerage does not make you a real estate agent. Preach, man. It's, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. That's what I learned the last two years of coaching agents and talking to agents. Mm-hmm is that the ones that I've seen succeed and go on to build something are the ones that consciously make a decision to be an agent. Until you make a decision to be an agent and burn the boats, as Tony Robbins says, yeah, you're always gonna have a backup plan. Like, I am not a believer in backup plans. You know, I know there's a big debate whether you should have a plan A and a plan B. No, choose plan yep. A and just go. And you will yeah. adjust along the way, which, you know, if you want to argue, you could call it your plan B, but you don't go into it with a plan B. If you want to be an agent, be an agent and figure it out and get around the right people. That's going to help you to figure it out, man. That's that's gold. That's like the mic drop because and I, I share this on your show. What, and I've shared this in February on my show. I shared my whole story from like the, the really the beginning to the end, like all the mental stuff I went through when I lost my last W2 job, you know, and people even now say like, are you worried about interest rates? Are you, I, I've created a successful business. I, I don't stress about that. I, I don't. People are always buying and selling houses. It, it's always, always happening. Always. always. And so I love this, you know, make a decision, no backup plan, decide you're going to do this. And really for me, and I shared this on your show, like it was a God thing. I got fired and we kind of had prayed about it and felt like I was going to apply for these other, you know, these one, two, three, whatever W2 jobs, if I didn't get them. And once I got to that last interview, if I didn't get it, I was 100% in on real estate. I see it all the time. People in my office team, like, well, why are you not having success? Why are you making 20, 30, 40 grand a year in real estate? Is because you're sort of like doing it like halfway, right? You're doing it halfway. You're not really full time. 
you're sort of like playing games, right? You're you're playing games with it. So I love that. That's great advice. You know, so yeah, John, I'll share something. My wife is doing this full time. I'm doing it full time, but part time. I still have some consulting clients help me pay my bills as I rebuild the business and figure that out. Mm -hmm. And we have five kids and with special needs kids, our house operates differently than most family homes. We, oh, yeah. We're a husband and wife team, but we're two single people living together and divide and conquer. So more often than not, my wife will have one of our children who's mm -hmm. Livy. She's 10, nonverbal autistic. And mm -hmm. then I'll have the other three or four kids. One of them is 16. So, you know, now she's yeah. driving, working, doing her own thing. But the last few weeks, I was like really struggling with consistency. Mm -hmm. And one of the guests on my show was Jim Remley. He's um, out of Oregon, very successful agent, broker owner, brokerage owner, founder over 32 years. And he had something called the four ones. And the four ones were one hour lead generation, set one appointment, go on one appointment and add one person to your sphere of influence. And he said, if you do that consistently every day, you will have an unbelievable business. But the question is, can you do that consistently every day? So I adopted that mm -hmm. and modified it into what I now call the five by four plan. And what that is, is it's five things in four hours. So I do one hour of lead generation, set one appointment, go on one appointment, add a minimum of one person to my sphere of influence and make one neighborhood video a day. Okay, four yep, hours, yep. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day. Why 10 to 2? Because all my kids are in school or camp by then. Mm -hmm. And then I'm usually picking them up sometime after 2 o'clock. Yeah. Right? So I know those four hours, if I do that every day, over time, it's going to have the compound effect and my business will be successful. I needed something so simple and so, like, dumbed down that I can do it. Like here, I'll show it to you. I made this chart. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And this, this chart shows what I do and the cycle that I do it in. And I have it in my closet. I have it on my studio door here in the basement of my home. Mm -hmm. And I have it next to my camera. And I know that that's what I have to do every day to build the business that I'm trying to build. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. And it's like the 80-20 rule, right? In those four hours, you are doing 80% of your work and you're doing more work in those four hours than many agents listening to this right now are doing in 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day. 100%. Wow. That's really cool, man. And that's that's a perfect time. I love this. I love, and you kind of, I was going to ask a, a message to realtors, but you kind of already said it, like decide you're going to do this. So again, thank you so much for your time. Tell us, yeah. I mean, you have a ton going on. You're working on a book. Tell us more about that. Tell us where my listeners can find you. Sure. If you want to find me, you can just Google me, Raymond Shulseth, or go to RaymondSholseth.com. You can find me there. Grab all my links. The book. Yeah. It's called The Startup Agent. Mm -hmm. And the premise of the startup agent is it is my 30 plus years of failing summed up into about a dozen chapters. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to be in real estate to build a real estate business. You just have to understand how business works, right? At the end of the day, you're buying and selling something and you're dealing with people. And if you can understand the product that you're buying or the product that you're selling and you can understand people, 
you can build any business you want. But again, you have to make that decision. You have to make that decision to consciously build your business and get smart about where you're spending your time and who you're surrounding yourself with. Man, there's so much good stuff. And yeah, who you surround yourself with, deciding that you're going to do it. Um, it's been cool to kind of watch your journey, even, you know, like we've never met in person, but just seeing your stuff on Facebook, seeing the stuff you're doing. Thank you so much. And thanks for your time coming on the show today. And John, uh, thanks for having me, man. It's a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Guys, check out what he's doing. The agent podcast. He interviews agents and, you know, kind of talks about how to create success. So that's another podcast that if you listen to this one, go check out his and, you know, if you just ingest this stuff, right, and do what people are saying, do what he's saying, do those five things in four hours and you will have much more success. And if you feel like you've been spinning your wheels, it's probably because you you don't have a plan and failure to plan is planning to fail. So check out what Raymond's doing. Um, and thank you so much, bro. Appreciate your time coming on the show today. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure, man. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening to my interview today with Raymond. Man, I really loved a ton of what Raymond said, and he's been an amazing connection on social media and you know supporting my business, and I want to support his as well. So make sure you check out what he's doing. Check out his website. I'll have it all in the show notes, but he said RaymondSholseth.com. So that is R-A-Y-M-O-N-D-S-J-O-L-S-E-T-H. As we close out, I'll just share a few of my quick takeaways from today's episode. You know, I, I love how he said at the beginning how he had to have the courage to begin again, you know, because he's had failed businesses and like, you know, we've all had failures. And so I think that encouragement and that will and that courage to begin again, you know, from one conversation to another in some real estate deals or, you know, one business venture to another and having the, you know, will and desire to begin again is huge. I love what he shared about controlling his his attitude, you know, his thoughts, his feelings, his actions. We've kind of talked about that a few different times. You can only control what you can control. You can only control those things and sometimes things happen outside of your control. Well, control what you can control. I love and really resonated with what he kind of talked about about his goals and as, as he jumped into it, his goal of, you know, the, the number one thing for him is not money. It's not dollars. It's not X number of investment properties. It is that time freedom to be able to spend with his wife, spend with his kids. I think that's huge for all of us. You know, start with the end of mind, do it backwards. You know, what do you not want to do? Well, you might not want to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. So maybe that's the answer. You might not want to, you know, be in debt. So maybe that's the answer. There's so many different options. But I love with kind of starting with the end of mind, deciding what he did not want to do, finally ending up after that exercise of his goal being that time freedom. Absolutely love that. One more as we kind of close out. I love what he said about, you know, how he had Jim Remley on his show and, you know, talked about the 32 years in business, do the four ones and how he shared how he's kind of done the five by four plan, you know, the five things in four hours. I'm telling you, if you do these four or five things, he is so correct that you'll have plenty of business. You'll have plenty of things to keep your business growing and to bring you success. So thank you so much, Raymond, for being an amazing guest. I hope you guys check out what he's doing. Check out his podcast and what he's building there. Check, you know, check out the agent podcast. 
where he interviews realtors. So glad to you know, connect with him and call him a friend and I'm grateful for the time he shared today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much and we will see you on the next episode.